Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Thursday podcast brought to you by the Rooster Teeth Store and Always Open, which went back into production as of the recording of this podcast. In fact, we had to boot them so that we could put this set back into place. Not me. People who actually work for a living had to do that. So I, our, I booted them. Did I you? Did, yeah. It's true. You no, get the hell out here? Politely. In the Lindsay way, I was like, excuse me, can you please move? I have so to do the podcast our, after this. Our <laughs> one-on-one guest for tonight is Miss Lindsay Jones. Hello. Hello. <laughs> good to see you, Lindsay. Yeah, thanks for having me. So Appreciate you did it. Always Open today as well? Yeah. Barbara had me on. It was good. It was uh, me uh, and Miles, actually. So we got to talk about Ruby and uh, going to conventions, a bunch of things that we haven't really touched on before. So it's a good episode. Yeah, there's yeah. been a change uh, for you pretty recently where you were, I mean, officially, right? Mm-hmm. Um you're one of the first people, if not the first person in the company, where it's like, we're going to focus on what you're doing on camera. And in this case, voice acting in the voice booth and things like that. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, um, that's your schedule's been nuts with cons and everything else. It's been nuts, but awesome. I mean, I was just talking to Jeff about it. Like, he he was talking about uh, seeing Ruby from the perspective of a founder and saying, oh, wow, like you were talking about that beforehand. Like, we really had Red versus Blue, and that was the big, obviously, like Kickstarter of the company. This is how we started. Now we have this thing called Ruby. And it's like, wow, how is this like uh, this entity become so popular? And we have this fan base now that we never had before. And what's it like for you to go to conventions? And I said, oh, it's awesome. I mean, now I get to hang out with like Barbara and Kara and Aaron and we go across the country sometimes um, internationally we get to see these fan bases that we've never talked to before and to see them and to know that they love Ruby is like it's surreal it's insane and I'm sure you get people who come up to you and talk to you and they know the show Ruby but don't know Rooster Teeth oh yeah for because sure there's a lot of things that you watch and you know I'm mean, like you watch go watch a movie like um I guess there's more awareness of it because of Marvel and Disney and stuff but you know you'd go watch a movie and you're like who made Ghostbusters was it mm-hmm. Columbia or was it Paramount oh, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah or something like that it's well, like, like Michael was talking about the specifically me and him went to a convention in Australia and you don't think about how close Australia is to Asia but when you like take a second you're like oh yeah it's right next to Asia so you have a big influence from China and Japan etc so there was a big Ruby following yeah our in, initial sales that we had for Japan were originally handled out of Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, we've been working with um, uh, Eric Cherry. He's been working with Hannah B. He's awesome. But we had a lot of people come into the booth and say, hey, like, I love Ruby, but I don't know what this, what's this Achievement Hunter thing? And I went, wow, like, oh my God, people know about this, but they don't know Achievement Hunter? Like, that's pretty nuts for me to have that disconnect. But that was the first inkling I had of like, okay, we're really onto something. This is a big property here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's one of those things too where also – you are a voice actress. So, and we dealt with that. The original founders all dealt with that. The original cast of Red versus Blue because we started the show. It got very popular. We were trying to build this brand, Rooster Teeth, behind it. But then also individually, you know, you're starting your own careers. You know, people watch The Simpsons just like you don't know what studio makes a movie always. Mm-hmm. You watch shows. You don't necessarily know who voices your favorite character. The no, internet has helped that, but it's like – I mean, you're probably meeting people who are seeing you for the first time as well. Mm. Well, the same thing is like we're meeting people who see us for the first time. And like we've had that disconnect where people see our faces and like, oh, do you voice Ruby? I'm like, yeah, I promise I do. Like, let me do the voice. OK, cool. Like then they know. All right. Awesome. Um, but I mean, the disconnect for us is like you guys, again, were there from the beginning. You know, people who know red versus blue, but we don't have that. So I feel like I'm. I don't know, kind of falling into this like legacy, I guess now with Ruby of like this. Well, Ruby's this... going into volume five. At this yeah. Point. yeah. Yeah. It's pretty so, nuts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, by that point we were like in the uh, final season of the Blood Gulls Chronicles. So mm-hmm. it's like Ruby's such an interesting show though, because usually with the, the longer form series, we usually 
traditionally the, the the benchmark was like about season three. Okay, mm-hmm. season three, we know where the show is going to go or what it's going to do, and we're going to season five. We still don't know like where how high Ruby could reach. You no, know, we really don't. No, not at all. Like, I mean, we don't either. Like we've asked people have asked like the voice actresses like, okay, what's happening next? I'm like, I have no idea. We're not connected to the scripts anymore. Like we have some background to prepare for the roles, but that's it. Like we have no idea what's going to happen in the future. Well, I do. I do. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I from, a, say, from a storyline perspective and uh, from a founder, what do you think about the show? No, yeah. we have. A, well, I was just saying we have a really good uh, idea for where the show is going, where the story's going. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's always like the possibility of of you know we've already added one spinoff series with Chibi. You know what I mean? There's also the ability to start other new storylines as well. Uh, but I'm just saying in terms of the potential of the popularity of the show. I mean, you playing the character of Ruby mm-hmm. in Ruby. Um, your character, I mean, appears now on billboards in Japan. I mean, it's just like, you know, you're all over the place playing yeah. this character, places that we never reached before. So, yeah, for me, that's fascinating. Oh, it's you insanely know? humbling. And again, like going back to conventions, as I get to talk to people like, I mean, Vic is a perfect example. Vic and Yuri Lowenthal, who now is Mercury on the show, is like, I used to watch him in seventh grade. And I was like, oh, my God, like that's anime cool. voice acting, that'd be the coolest thing in the world. It's never going to happen, though. I'm never going to get to do that. And now here we are. And those same actors are coming to us going, wow, what's this show Ruby I'm hearing about. And we're like, oh, I, I voice this character in Ruby. Here's what we're talking about. Now they want to work with us. That's insane. I don't know, to be on the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. And Barb, I mean, you deal with people all the time as well, just through the social media job as well. And then you've also been, you know, a personality in like shorts and stuff like that. Same experience for you going around as the actress who's the voice behind Yang. Hello. Yes. <laughs> hey, Barb. <laughs> just sitting here in the, in the darkness. What's up, yo? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's been crazy going to these conventions and like, you were saying before, we've had, like, I think it happened at Comic-Con for the first time. Um, I was there at the booth signing autographs, and someone came up to me, and they're like, what's your name? And I'm like, I'm Barbara. And they're like, who do you voice? And I said, Yang. And they're like, oh, my God, I love Yang. What else do you do? Like, they didn't know anything about Rooster Teeth or us mm-hmm. or anything. They just knew Ruby. Which is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, that, that's thing. what you hope for, actually. Yeah. You hope to have... Uh, people discover hopefully all the rest of the stuff we do through Ruby. Oh yeah, it's a little bit harder of a tunnel I think to get through to right. the other stuff. But yeah, the Ruby audience definitely has some people in it that watch just Ruby. In this we, oh yeah, we've had a lot of people who've discovered Ruby through Death Battle. Yeah, um, the one with Yang, mm. and just like very like roundabout ways of discovering the show. The coolest thing that anyone has ever said to me though, um, and I think this was a convention that we were at together, Lindsay, was oh, I used to watch cartoons all the time. And, like, me too. Like, I used to watch Simpsons and Family Guy and, like, all these different cartoons. And we'd look up to these cartoon characters like, we're someone's cartoon now. Yeah. Like, we're someone's cartoon character. And yeah. that is mind-blowing to me. Well, someone tweeted us a picture of a Gal Gadot meeting a fan. And she was dressed as Wonder Woman, of course, and was like, oh, that's awesome. I get, like, the Wonder Woman movie just came out. I'm so inspired. And someone tweeted us saying, you're someone's Wonder Woman. And we went, oh, my God. Like, that's There's cool. actually a picture that went uh, <laughs> with that. It was a picture of uh, us at a, a Ruby fan meetup with all these cosplayers and there's this little girl dressed as Ruby and like we're both next to her smiling and she has this like giant smile on her face and someone put that next to the picture with a gal and that little fan. Oh yeah. And oh, I really? about died. Yeah. We, we started getting a little verklempt for sure. We're like, oh man, like this is inspiring. <laughs> like that's awesome. We would never ever think of ourselves as like role models, but here we are being able to like embrace that role. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's one of those things where we don't, we don't approach it at all like a kid's show in any way. There's no, there's nothing that we do in Ruby that that, to approach it like that. But I think because of the aesthetic, you know, I mean, 
mean, there's some pretty violent stuff. Mm -hmm. Not to spoil anything, but Barbara, your character's been through some stuff. I mean, literally, you know? it, again, did not spoil, but I will spoil. It's like volume one, Ruby, like, literally decapitates yeah. one of her enemies. Yeah. It's like, that's kind of brutal. I was trying to explain that to my friends who have kids. And we have a lot of families that come up and say, hey, I love watching this with my, my daughter or my son or whatever. I'm like, that's awesome. You can get your family brought together by Ruby, but don't watch anything else that I do. Don't don't worry about Achievement Hunter. Let's just right. forget it exists. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> wide birth, you know? Even yeah. bookmark it for later. Exactly. Like Even with volume years. three, it started to get a little more serious, as you said, since yeah. stuff happens. Yeah. And I remember because the show has such a, um, like an, uh, an audience that definitely skews younger than I think most of our stuff. Mm -hmm. So we did have to put out, I think, Gray wrote a journal up. It was a disclaimer, like, yeah. Yeah, like, like hey, hey, things are about to get a little more serious. <laughs> things get a little brutal. Yeah. Yeah. But that's well, also interesting in conventions when we do it where we're trying to be a little bit more uh, PC or a little bit more family friendly. Yeah. And it's very interesting to balance between that and like our normal Rooster Teeth lives because we're used to making like, you know, dick jokes or like swearing left and right. And we're like, okay, we got to tone that down. We got to understand. Mistakes. Yeah. But that goes back <laughs> to the whole discussion of like, this is kind of bigger than RT in a way or like separate from RT. It's like we have to understand that this is kind of a separate entity now. Yeah. Yeah. I love, the, I love the other stuff that we can do as well with uh, Ruby in particular that can't do with other shows. Like we can – the characters are aging slowly as you mm -hmm. watch the show. And, you know, even what they do in terms of costume and fashion and things like that, mm -hmm. you're changing over time. You can't so much do that with Red versus Blue. <laughs> no. <laughs> a little bit harder. You cannot. Well, people ask you, they're like, okay, what age is Ruby now? I'm like, uh, she's 16 technically. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. I'm like, what do you – what are you creepy thought thinking over there? Stop it. No, no, no. She's not old enough for that yet. Stop, 18, stop. Body pillows. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because it's also we do deal with some things as we start to distribute and market the show in Japan. That there are just certain things that, as a part of culture in Japan, mm -hmm. especially with, you know, animated entertainment stars that are just normal things to do. But it's like we find ourselves like oddly protective in like a way that we would normally be of real people that we are of these four, you know, main characters in Ruby. You know, mm -hmm. the way that they're represented, you know, the kind of materials that they appear in, you know, right, and right. those kinds of things. We're just we watch out for that a little bit more. I'm hoping you can mention it too. But you guys said that uh, upon the early discussions with like Warner Brothers Japan about dubbing uh, Ruby as an anime, it's like, OK. Would there ever be an episode where the Ruby characters go to a hot spring? That's like a normal thing in anime. Is there's always an episode where they go to a hot spring, and you guys are like, well, we're not really about that yet. Like they're not old enough yet. But I'm like, that is again an interesting discussion that you have to have because of the cultural differences. Is like this is almost expected from the show. It's like there has to be an episode like that. But for us as an American audience and American production company, we say. No, we're not going to do that. Slow that roll yeah, a little bit. Like, yeah. But maybe one day we'll she get She could there. decapitate somebody exactly. else. Exactly. That's right? fine. Yeah. Violence, A-OK. -okay. <laughs> yeah. Which is honestly, I mean, it's a little different when you talk about characters that are 16. Exactly. But yeah. it is one of the, always an issue is, you know, I'm a parent. As I understand, you've recently mm -hmm. become a parent yourself. Yes. Surprise. It's yes. one of the things, and Barb, I hear you're a parent as well. Is that mm -hmm. true? Congrats. Congrats. Food Congrats. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, but I always get really frustrated by uh, the difference between the way uh, cultures handle, and I'm frustrated by our the way we handle it, violence versus mm -hmm. sex. Like, I mean, Walking Dead, you watch that show, and it's oh, yeah. like they're stomping on people's heads and stuff I'm like totally that. in the camp of, like, again, now being a parent, like, I would much rather have my kid be exposed to, like, oh, my gosh, there's boobs on screen. It's like, okay, that's part of life. Yeah. Like, people are going to have breasts. That's fine. People will have sex. That's part of life. But I, I'd much rather that than, like, horrible violence, which is like, okay, that's not – 
technically normal. I guess you have these uh, emotions that make you want to be violent, but you shouldn't do that to each other. They don't shoot each other. It's like, okay, I'd rather there be a sex scene that you're watching than like a horrible like Mexican standoff or something. But yeah. Maybe that's just me. Well, you know, listen, uh, can I give you a parenting tip? Yes, I'm sure you get say, a thousand please. of these, yes. right? So this is something though that really did work this well for me. This is solicited too. Bernie, what is your parenting advice? Oh, well, advice? here's my yeah. parenting <laughs> advice on that. On like content and everything is that, uh, what, you know, kids always, they always age up. Mm -hmm. Like it, when you say, especially when we talk about some of our shows having younger audience, it's because uh, kids aspire to watch content that's a little bit over their age mm -hmm. range. They want to do that. I used to sneak into R-rated movies when I was a kid. I did oh, yeah. all the time. What was your first R-rated movie? I think it was The Road Warrior. Really? Nice, yeah. Nice. Oh, actually, my first, very first R-rated movie I ever went and saw, uh, went and saw Star Wars, fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. I, I would talk about Star Wars constantly, drive everybody I knew crazy. Uh, it was considered to be a kid's movie, so all my f uh, parents' friends who didn't have kids took me to see it, and I saw it 34 times nice. in, in the theaters. And... Uh, then a few months, or I don't know how long it was later, my parents were like, hey, he really likes this, this science fiction uh, Star Wars stuff. There's another one of these movies coming out, which they take him to see. So they took me to see Alien. Oh, And I was, excellent. I think, six, I think, or five, and they took me to see Alien. And by the time we got to the chest burster scene, I was done. I was like, I was freaked out. Oh, that's awesome. I said no idea. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. Movies back then where they opened. But you love it now, though, as an adult. Like, you love Alien, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Okay. Yeah, oh, my so, father was the same way. Some of them. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. My father was like, a, hey, watch Jurassic Park as a kid. And I was horrified. I'm like, oh, my God, dinosaurs are going to come and like kill me and eat me. I know they're extinct, but I don't care. I'm a kid. This is terrifying. Yeah. Now, that's my favorite movie. I love it to death. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that my father was like, I don't know, immersion therapy, like just throw you in there and get you used to the movie. Yeah. You know, I mean, you get <laughs> to find out if kids can adapt, you got to give exactly. something to adapt to. I'll just with Within reason, too. right? Yeah. <laughs> but what I would do with my kids is as they as they wanted to watch, you know, quote unquote, more mature stuff, like they wanted to like see something, you know, that was a little bit above their age bracket mm. range, you know, their 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 uh, MPAA rating. What I would what I said to him was, look, um, there's certain stuff you're not gonna be able to watch uh, that's you can't because it's R-rated movies or something like that. But if you want to like, uh, if you want to read something like read a book. That's the place where you can go to like expand stuff. You know what I mean? So if you want to read like World War Z, for mm. instance, when JD was 11, I said, you can read World War Z and then we can talk about it. Is it because he's creating the visual inside of his head? And it's like, okay, what do you think? I just want him to read. Okay, basically. That's, it, that's fine. So <laughs> it was like, it's one of those cheats you have as a parent where it's like, I know they're going to like stay up to like one in the morning and watch something you know, well after midnight. It. Yeah. It's like if I give them a way to do it and it's like they can read about because I read a ton as a kid. And I think by the time I was 15, I think I'd read every Stephen King book. Probably nice, not the most appropriate nice. Favorite thing. Favorite Stephen King novel? Uh, it, by it. far. Okay. It's either it or The Stand. Okay. How about you? You Stephen See, King I, fan? It and Carrie was, but I'm a female, so I identify with that too. I, I get like, it. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm going to carry all over the place. The second someone pours blood on me, I'm killing everybody. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> well, Christine was a girl too. Girl, oh, yeah. Girl car. Yeah, girl car. Yeah. But, uh, I'll be yeah. a car. Sure. Someone can drive me. That's fine. Barb, <laughs> wait. So Lindsay just had a kiddo. Congratulations again. Thank Lindsay. you. I'll have a kid later tonight. Yeah. No plans? In my toilet. <laughs> no plans for kids? <laughs> food baby. That no. was, that was Iris, a food baby fine. joke. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> you're catching up now. I mm -hmm. get it. Um, no, I don't think so. Um, which is funny because like I love seeing other people's babies. Like I every time I see Lindsay, I'm like, please show me Iris like right now. Um but no, I don't know. I feel like I I'm too selfish of a person to have a kid. See, I right respect now. that though. I right respect now. that you know, and you said that before at a convention we were talking about that. I'm like, hey, you guys ever wanted kids? Like, what would you want to do? And you go, no, I'm not interested. I'm like, I'd much rather have someone say, hey, no, I don't want kids than just going, well, I guess I should have kids. It's what society I wants me I to do. To. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, no, now you're fucking up that kid's life. You do you. But you I understand. also understand that, like, never say never. And I, I'm not saying, like, I am never going to have kids, and that's just the way it is. But right now, where I am in my mind and in my life, 
I don't want kids. I'd say okay. So yeah. I don't know if that'll change. It might. It might not. But it probably won't. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> I was about yeah. to say, I get a $20 from your parents every yeah. time I bring up the subject. Yeah, so. Steven, well, uh, if you're watching, uh, you're carrying on the, there you the go. family line. So have fun. <laughs> See, it's, it's not my brother, luckily. Or David. Yeah. What's the chance that that's going to happen? What, that one of my brothers will have a kid? Yeah. Steven will, I think. Um, Yeah, his uh, his girlfriend, Julia, actually, she's moving to Canada um, next month. She finally got approved. She's in the States until she's moving up to Canada. But uh, I don't know if they want kids either. Yeah, so, really? Why so she moving to might Canada? Might be up to my little bro. Mm-hmm. Why she moving to Canada? To be with my older brother. Yeah, really? She's just she's making the move for love. I mean, they've Jules been dating, I think, six years. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. Also, she doesn't really want to live in the United States right now. Is it true? Hey. Uh, she has the option not to. Exactly. Got to make it political, Barbara. You had to make it political. <laughs> Oops. How do you? How are you feeling? Are you feeling like uh, your choice to move to the U.S. was a good one? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's been a very fun six years so far. Nice. Five and a half. Welcome. Um, made a lot of friends. Nice. Lindsay. Thank Lindsay, you. when did you start? Appreciate it. 2011. That was right before Barbara. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think you started interning right when like Michael started mm-hmm. or so. I started pretty much right after him, right before you and Gavin moved here. Yeah. And again, I was still interning. I was in the, what we called the dungeon, which yep. was like me, Miles, Barbara, Fungin, and Fungin. one one other person. I can't Gavin remember. was there for like a day. Yeah. Gavin was there for like a second. He was like, all right, bye. That was at the time too. Like I was such an asshole, but Gavin like dressed the same way as people from Dallas. So unfortunately I had like the sad, like, I don't know, like preconceived notions about him. So I was like, fuck this guy. Yeah, Lindsay hate hated Gavin. Gavin at first. Yeah, which is like, I want nothing to first. do with this guy. <laughs> Most of us have grown to hate Gavin. Yeah, but I feel bad now because like, I, I know Gavin, he's fine, we're friends. Eh. But yes, he's a, he told me that his mom gave him some polo shirts for Christmas and he felt like he couldn't accept it as a gift because he knew how much I hated people with polo shirts. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, I made your mom sad because she bought that for you for Christmas and you had to go, no, I don't want It's like this. the scene in Mean Girls where she gets hoop earrings for yeah. Monica. I did that. I felt terrible. She didn't like that. Like, I'm sorry, man. I, again, like, I just hate dickheads from Dallas, and you look like one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought Gavin, Gavin was replying to a tweet literally just now with my phone buzz. I thought he was messaging me because he heard us on the podcast. Oh, no. Said, I shot a yogurt commercial. I'm like, what Stop. the fuck does that have to do with anything? <laughs> but he was just replying to a tweet. Totally different conversation. Confused the shit out of me, and I'm happy to pass along that confusion to all of you. Goodness. Well, but, thanks. Lindsay, you came out of um, if there's a traditional. <sighs> route for people coming to work at Rooster Teeth, if that exists, it's through TSTV. Okay, mm-hmm. Do you call it TSTV or do you call it KBR9? Uh, TSTV is yeah. what I call it. Yeah. I, I do Texas too. Texas Student Television. Yeah, it was the, the student-run television mm-hmm. station down at the University of Texas. Yeah, and you started Sneak Peek. Yeah. A billion years ago. Yes. When I, The first year that I worked at TSTV was either seven or eight people. And then did, we did this massive recruiting effort. I basically pulled all my strings as an orientation advisor for the summer programs. Mm-hmm. And I went and talked to all the... Uh, uh, intro film classes, like people coming in, and we had, I think, like 300 people the next year. It was mm-hmm. like the fastest growing organization we were part of. It's level that I think it was like 40 or 50 people on a regular basis. But what were you doing at TSTV? Well, again, I was doing a sneak peek, which was funny. Is like you started that, mm-hmm. and now I, I was working as a part of the show. Like we did a the Office Space 10 year reunion where I interviewed Stephen Root, nicest guy in the world. And I was like, that's really crazy that like I did it with Brandon, who now works here, and he kind of helped me get the job. Uh, along with Miles, because I went to school with Miles. And then you guys, again, like, were the frontiersmen of the, the whole show. So it's kind of weird how that all connects. But I applied the normal way. I said, hey, okay, there's an opening at Rooster Teeth that kind of know about you guys. I knew the shorts before Rooster Teeth. They're uh, Red versus Blue. I watched those on YouTube because I was a YouTube addict. And then I said, okay, I know Miles from school. Maybe you can help me out. And he asked Matt, like, 
hey, there's this friend I have called Lindsay who wants to work here. You yeah. guys know each other. Okay. And then I got a good word in and I started interning. So it's really weird how the networking kind of works. But TSCV is a huge part of that. And I really will say like you make a family while you're there of like film producers and like, yeah. I don't know, like creative bohemians who want to get together and just film whatever they want to do. It's mainly a lot of self-starters. It is. Because yeah. if you go through the traditional film track, unfortunately at UT, it's probably like this in a lot of schools. It's a lot of theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of studying other people's work. Uh, but it's not until you get into the upper division junior and senior classes where you actually can get your hands on equipment, yes. if you even can. And I'll say it to the end of the earth is like, I feel like internships were the biggest, like the most effective thing that I had or like the biggest reward that I had was from my internships. Like classes are good, but sometimes you're with people who like don't care about the class or you have a class of like 600 people. And it's really hard to get one-on-one time with a professor. But if you do internships, like I did with Rooster Teeth, it's like, wow, I get one-on-one time with people who actually work in the industry. You have to meet the deadlines. You got to like ad- adhere to all their work elements that they have to deal with. And it's like, wow, I'm really like a part of the work process now. I actually am like immersed inside of what is what it is to be in the production industry, which is cool. Yeah. And uh, sneak peek for those of you who aren't aware, it was mm-hmm. a, it is currently is still, still running. It's a uh, movie review show. If you've ever seen the uh, Adam Sandler video that's on YouTube where I'm interviewing Adam Sandler for Happy yeah. Gilmore a billion years ago. Kind of like Entertainment Tonight, I guess is the best comparison a little bit. Well, it's changed similar. over the years. I yeah. mean, we would just do straight movie reviews. Oh, see, we for review- us, it was like Entertainment Tonight and of like, let's yeah. interview these stars. They're coming over here to do that movie premiere. Woo! Yeah, we really had a handful of things like that. And uh, it was mainly an excuse to get free movie tickets, yeah. you know, and be able to go to screenings and stuff like that. What's the best screening you went to? When I was in college. So there was a screening for uh, a movie called Leaving Las Vegas, which is mm-hmm. Elizabeth Shue and Nicolas Cage. And Mike Figgis, the director, came to the screening. And then this guy was awesome. He was – I look back now, I now know that he was just basically doing anything he could to promote a smaller movie, mm-hmm. which uh, became very critically acclaimed. And uh, he came to the studio and sat down with us for like 45 minutes and was like, talking through the whole process and everything. It was really cool. So nice, that was nice. fun. And the movie's great too. So Nice. But then come to work here at Rooster Teeth. I don't know if you remember this or not, but I, I I recall the first time you and I bonded, we bonded over uh, college humor, hardly working videos. Yes. Like we we both love those a lot. Well, that was part of my interview. I said, hey, I, I applied for a certain like production companies and college humor is one of them. And you're like, oh, wow, you like college humor? I was like, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Excellent. Good. We have somewhat of a bond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my favorite bonding moment personally was when Lindsay knew you were feeling sick. All right. Came into your office with a glass of orange juice and she said, hey, Ann. Heard you're not feeling so good. Handed you that this glass. This is so bizarre. Glass of orange juice. <laughs> and then I, I'll let you finish the story. <laughs> so I'm feeling under the weather. Yeah. I this is back when I had allergies really bad. And I just thought I was normally get sick for two weeks a year. So I was sick. Feeling bad. In walks Lindsay with a glass of orange juice and says, I understand you're feeling under the weather. I don't remember much before I took the Lindsay sip. Lindsay also no, is the best straight face liar I've ever met. Also, I have no experience with her lying previous to this. (laughs) Yeah. Everything was like smooth sailing right up until this point. Hands me this pint glass of orange juice. (laughs) I take a swig out of it. And what was it? It was all eggs. It was egg yolks. (laughs) Yep. Yellow egg yolks. Yep. And I just like, it's one of those things where you take a sip. It's like that spit (laughs) cup where you take one swallow, but you can't stop because it like draws some more in. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's like pulling other parts of the egg down with it. So gross. And then you just laughed and walked out. Yeah, like I should have been fired. I think about that now. I was like, that was the dumbest thing I could have ever done. Is I was like, hey, CEO of the company, have this cup of eggs, you motherfucker. And like, enjoy. But like, holy shit. Like I left. I remember turning around from giving it to you again, deadpan. Like, hey, I heard you're feeling sick. I'm really sorry. Have this cup of eggs. This like, enjoy, it. man. This is it. This yeah. is, uh, you would fall for it too, I guarantee. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, I turned around and I heard you go in the background. I was like, yeah, I got him. <laughs> what is the chance you think that you're going to fuck 
with Iris. Oh, a hundred percent. Do you think, sure. by the way, guys done or more kids? You no, think more the kids already. Yeah. Like the second I had Iris, I was like, that's what that feels like. Okay. Round two, round two, let's go. And yeah. Michael was like, Oh, let's calm down. Like, all right, let's wait a second. No, I'm all about it. Yeah. Like the first, uh, I've talked about it before, but the first epidural didn't take, and that was misery. And that's what, uh, what is an epidural? An epidural, to my understanding, again, like I'm no doctor, I'm a theater and film major, but uh, they cut off the circulation to parts of your body so that like literally half of you down, you can't feel anything. So I always thought they just injected like anesthesia in your spine. No, no. From my understanding, it's not an anesthesia. It's you literally cutting off a nerve from having feelings. So then when they pull it out of you, it's pulling out a needle from your back. So it's all still intact. It's not any medicine that goes into you. So it's like super acupuncture? Basically, basically, yeah. And I have scoliosis, so the first one wouldn't take because they couldn't find the entry point because uh. my back's all all twisted and mangled. So the second one, they were able to get, and that was fine, like smooth sailing after that. I was like, you can do whatever you want. I'll have six kids right now. I don't care. I feel awesome. On. Yeah, like, let's go. But yeah, uh, once I had that, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I would love to have a second kid, and I really want iris to have a sibling to play with and i know that's like you can go tit for tat my sister and i didn't get along at all and you know it's cheaper just, than another kid what's up a ball that's true a yeah. what <laughs> a ball play with that <laughs> paint a face on it a pet yeah like a wilson there you go well, <laughs> on so, the handprint <laughs> spoiler alert men can't have kids yeah, right surprise what? So, sorry unless you're to break it to you. <laughs> i see we can we've been fooling you guys all this time we we actually can't have kids yeah but uh, <laughs> But it's one of those things like, you know, growing up and then now I've got two kids myself, I, I, I've grown to be like envious of the process of mm. growing a person and everything. But I also recognize that um, – and Joel talked about this in, that in a bit that ended up being an RTA – is like the, the, the process of labor and having a kid is – notoriously awful and mm. horrible and painful and like one of the things that like everyone talks about as being one of the most strenuous painful experiences of their life as you're like growing up and then when you get pregnant are you like are you like oh shit are you like is this like on the calendar out there you're like what's this gonna be like I'm, yeah yeah oh yeah for like months building up to it too like of course people are sending me all these horror stories of like woman dies in childbirth i'm like stop stop doing that dude stop. What? what the fuck is wrong with you stop stop <laughs> please but uh i was like okay that's a risk like that's part of life that's fine um but uh I totally agree with Joel. I saw the RTA. Um, it isn't natural to have that kind of calcification coming out of your dick or a camera going inside of it. That's a okay, not or, you know, not yeah, natural. Practice. Yeah, yeah. If you're into that, that's fine. It's called sounding. People like that. But uh, other than that, no go. Um, actually, having the epidural work and delivering, I was totally fine. Again, like I would have had a million more kids. Totally cool. Like do whatever you want. That's fine. So I can't agree with him there. Before that, though, I'm like go fuck yourself, Joel. It was horrible. Like I wanted to kill myself. I was vomiting everywhere yeah. and I was just trying to take a nap so I could forget how painful it was. It was yeah. awful. But I think that might have also been some of the drugs like accelerating it because at a certain point they say, OK, you have to like have the baby. We're doing it now. So we're going to give you this drug to like. How long are we talking about? Huh? This was like, let's see, my water broke the almost 24 hours before I actually delivered. Her. Wow. Yeah. So wow. they said, OK, the water broke. Let's go to the hospital. I'm hanging out there for a little bit. And they gave me the drugs and say, OK, let's accelerate it. Make sure your contractions start more. And that's when like that's unnatural. That's when your body goes, ow, I shouldn't be doing this right now. This kind of hurts. Mm -hmm. So that was the pain that I experienced. And I was like, no, Joel, I have to disagree. That was the most 
terrible pain I've been in. But after that second epidural, you know, Joel, you're kind of right. You got a point. Well, but I'm on my epidural, so what do I know? The scary thing is, too, you can miss a window, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, if you opt out of it, and you're like, wait, no, no, this is terrible. I got yeah. I need it. I don't know what that is, but well, that's there's... what they said with the second epidural. They're like, we can try a second one, but if it doesn't work, you have to deliver this baby natural, and that's it. Like, you got no other options. And I went, okay, like, I'll, I'll try it. And I got lucky that it worked. If it didn't, I would have been like, well, all right. Like, just got to push her out now. <laughs> Which is so funny because it's like how 99% of everything that's ever been born, 99.9%. Oh, has yeah. been born naturally, and it's still just, it's amazing. It's the reason why we're all here, and it's, like, one of the mm-hmm. most difficult processes. You think it'd be way easier. Oh, yeah. Well, like the doctors. pop out of your shoulder or something, you know? Yeah, even recently, the doctors were saying, like, I know so many, like, hi- stereotypically Hispanic families who say, like, I wasn't put under, I didn't have epidural, so you shouldn't either. I was like, wow, that's crazy that women nowadays are still having totally natural births. Or like, Griffin was the same way. She was, like, all natural. Like, no, I don't want to, I'm good. Like, if you can make me feel better with medicine, I'll take it. Or an epidural, go for it. Well, it's, you know, one of the things, too, that I've always despised about uh, the pregnancy process. It's going to sound weird the way I said that. But <laughs> one of the things I can't stand is that the moment uh, I would not, if I was pregnant, I wouldn't tell anybody for like as long as I possibly could because the moment people know you're pregnant, they feel compelled to tell you what to do with yourself mm. all the fucking time. Oh, yes. You yeah. know? And it's like you mentioned Griffin. I remember when Griffin was pregnant. It's like I would be in the room or like we'd be out to like lunch or something and people would tell her what she should or shouldn't eat mm. or, you know, what she should or shouldn't do. Oh, yeah, I got a few do. of those. Or even Barbara talking about like even people who aren't pregnant, I get so frustrated with people who say I don't want kids and then other people just like forcing their will upon them like, oh, you'll change your mind or like, you know, people get pregnant accidentally. Yeah. I'm like, stop. Let them do their thing. Stop. Like my uh, our brother-in-law on Michael's side. They don't want kids. They just want to be the happy uncle and aunt, which is totally fine. That's their choice. But their mother keeps like passively, aggressively sending them baby clothes to be like, oh, one day you'll have kids. I'm like, stop. That's Who's doing this? Their mother. Wow. They're like, hey, you want kids, don't you? I'm like, that's kind of wow. bitchy. Like to stop, stop, leave them no, alone. No, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that I'm, I'm comfortable weird. saying that's odd. That's yeah, that's odd behavior. Very weird. Yeah. There's like, enough people in the world. I feel yeah. like people who want to have more people. Adopt let a them kid. Do it yeah. Or adopt. Yeah. We do need more people though. We do. We need more people. Do I mean, we? Well, I mean, yeah, we're we're dealing with a thing where, uh, like, every demograph- demographic, I think, except for uh, Hispanic, is having kids below the level of the sustainability rate, which I think is 2.2 kids. Mm. It changes as life expectancy grows um, because people, you know, you end up with more generations as life expectancy grows. But, yeah, you need, I think last time I read it was, like, 2.2 kids uh, per family in order to like have a stable population, anything over that you have growth, anything over that you have reductions over time. And we're definitely in the reduction territory for most groups. Lindsay, and, have like, four to make up for me having I was going to say, all I've heard is that we're like way overpopulated. Like you should have one kid to reduce the amount of people that we're having. Although like, probably a China aspect. It, but you millennials over, are less. What's that? I think millennials are having less kids. It's like some yeah. art, BuzzFeed article. I it's think Tinder. Why, yeah, I mean, yeah. why would you, why give up Tinder? Yeah. Right? Well, also, we're not <laughs> falling kids. under like... The expectation of having a nuclear family is like, like you don't have to have kids. It's like the end all of, of like you've reached the pinnacle of humanity. Like you've had a child. Hooray. It's like do whatever you want. Who cares? No, I don't know. They should make yeah. a Tinder for people who want kids. They just want to get knocked out. You should. Yeah. It's going to happen. Some I people want a baby. put that on Tinder. Mm-hmm. They like knock me really? up. Really? They're just like, I'm just looking for uh, someone to settle down with and have a kid. I want a baby. Well, that's yeah. And others I mean, who are just like, I'm just looking. Uh, baby fuck. daddy, please. Thank you. <laughs> it's so, guys, it's so easy now. You don't have to have the date to even figure that part of it out. You know what I mean? Mm. You just put in a profile and like screen people out. Yeah. Why not? The uh, the Tinder subreddit is a gold mine. Mm. You should absolutely go there. I've read, I also just said I've, gold I've read the Tinder subreddit quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I meant gold so, mine. Some, by the way, some uh, female user on Reddit 
posted her profile, and I don't know if it's you, you could probably let me know because you have friends who use Tinder, I'm sure. She she posted like her matches or something or her like swipes. It gave her an alert and she had something like 4,500 matches or people like, hey, 4,500 people have swiped on you. You know, come come check it out or something. It was an astronomical number, whatever nice. it is. She and all the, guys, of course, all the guys on Reddit were like, I'm like, I'm there 24 hours a fucking day and I never get a match on anything. Yeah. <laughs> the most swipeable woman yeah. ever. That's incredible. So we ask the questions like if they... I don't know which which way's which, Barbara. Which way's which on that? You know, is it right? Is accepted? Um, swiping, swipe rights like yeah. whatever this swipe. Yeah, uh, swipe right is yes. Yes, so I, mean, I was thinking right. of the Tinder trailer we did. I just okay. yeah, I just wonder if like women when they swipe right, if like what's their percentage for getting a match just by swiping right? I don't know. You know, I guess you're, you could be getting someone who hasn't even seen your profile yet. I don't know how it works. You're in a unique position. I'm fascinated too, by like, it. Yeah, what would you think if like you found out somewhere out there in the verse is like Bernie? I have a your baby's here. Go ahead. Yeah, that's it. Like, go for it. What's that? I'm just saying, like, if someone came out there and was like, hey, Bernie, I have your baby. Like, what do you do? What do you mean have my baby? Like, like one no. of my kids? Yeah, you're a baby mama. Just someone else out there, like, in, in the, the Oh, like somebody I used to date, they come up and they have yes, a kid that, yeah. I, that I fathered? Yeah. Like a John Snow? You were saying, like, millennials have had that happen. Like, I've I known at least, like, three people now who've had that happen where they're like, yo, I'm a baby mama. Like, that, that's it. We're I just done. realized, I'm a, that's how I'm going to explain John Reisinger working at the company from now on. He's my bastard He's son. He's a bastard son. Yeah, he really is John ba- Snow. Baby daddy is the best. He's but, just yeah. a bastard son yes. that I have to that I have He's to just employ. a bastard. God. But, uh, uh, yeah, no, I I mean, I I, I like kids a lot, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, it's, it's I, I, I could never be the kind of parent who would be, like, a distant parent. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't do that. Um, so it would be, it would be definitely be life-changing to say the least. Hope to God they would live in the state of Texas. Right. Otherwise you're like on the plane all the time. Yeah. Doing stuff. And you already have two as well. So you have to, you know, deal with that. And then yeah. Like a separate family. Now, how do we bring them in? Do we make them like friends or just keep it separate? Yeah. Or, it's a, know. it's a, yeah, it's a whole thing. Mm. It's a whole thing. Whole thing. I mean, their mom remarried pretty quick after we split. Yeah. So we, we kind of crossed those bridges of like, Hey, we need to introduce kids to people and all mm. stuff. And it's like, you know, your, our whole focus. We, I was fortunate where my split a lot of people say they're amicable. You know, they usually say with breakups. You don't always say that with divorces. You know, yeah. sometimes divorces get fucking, they get awful. Hey, but I know that game. <laughs> we actually, I, I would say my ex and I get, get along better uh, as co-parents as we ever did as being married. Mm. And uh, yeah, so our whole focus is just, it's all about the kids. It's all about focusing on what the kids and what the kids do and everything like that. Right, right. And, uh, and there's weird, there's weird, like, there's weird aspects to divorce, which are, especially for the way we do it, it's like, we used to have someone who would help us watch uh, the boys whenever we'd go off and do something. Well, Jordan and I don't go off and do anything anymore. So our kids are with one of us literally 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. Like they're never – like even like grandparents and stuff are like, hey, you know, I used to like spend more time with them. You know, it's like now it's like, oh, it's like the moment we get a chance to spend some time with them, we're, we're off. going to. Yeah, yeah, and doing that stuff. So yeah. Well, we're lucky that my my parents are close by. So they actually are babysitting. Like they're taking care of Iris right now. Such so a blessing. get to go, hey, here you go. Like, you know, we don't want to be the dicks. They're like, First here you go, kid in your generation? Like, in for, my family. In your yeah, family, yeah. in your generation? Yeah. My good family, we have too. three nephews. But they're okay. all boys. So that's the first granddaughter on their side of the family. So they're also elated about that. Yeah. So uh, so in your family, how many, I don't know, how many brothers and sisters do you have? I have one sister. Okay, I have one sister. Yeah, six okay. years younger than me. So. so no kids? Nope. So on your side of the family, this mm-hmm. is the first kiddo in that generation. Yes. And we only have one boy cousin who's like the saving grace of the family. <laughs> like, you're going to carry on the lineage, but he doesn't. 
isn't dating anyone or I don't think he wants kids at all. So it's just us right See, now. See, that's so funny to me because my family's the exact opposite. Mm. Where in my generation of my family, there's like 12 kids, one girl. Really? Yeah, huh. that's it. That's Michael's family. It's all guys. So we're like, ah, we had no idea what was going to like. We had no idea what Iris was going to be. We're like, oh, we don't know. But like, you know, we wanted a daughter for a while. Michael wanted a daughter. And luckily, like. We kind of joke that we willed her into existence, so maybe that is the case. But yeah. no, we just got lucky, so we have a daughter. We're very happy about that. But I think both sides of the family are happy because, again, it's the first granddaughter or grandchild at all on my side of the family. And then for his, it's like, oh, first granddaughter. You're like, okay, there's some you know stereotypical differences between the genders, so they're excited about that. Yeah, but yeah. Iris can be whatever she wants. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I told this- Lindsay early on in her pregnancy that I thought it was going to be a girl. Yes. Like, wait, I think before you guys even got the... We had some guesses, too. And yeah. Jeff guessed it was a girl, too, also. Yeah. I looked at you. I was like, it's a girl. It's going to be a girl. And you're like, ah, we'll see. Uh, maybe. <laughs> we're very happy. We just were convinced that it was going to be a boy because Michael's family was boys. And we're like, all right, just accept that it's it's a guy. That's fine. Whatever. Happy baby. But then when we found out it was a girl, we're like, okay, now we can kind of indulge in like, yes, like we kind of wanted this. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Some dreams do come true. Hooray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, it's, and as we go forward and things progress... Uh, things change and the things we talk about change as well. But one of the first experiences I had with like people just starting to discuss gender and mm. cause you know, it's not something that when I was growing up, there was, it was pretty solid, pretty linear, you know? Yes. And, uh, I remember you guys did a gender reveal mm-hmm. and there was like negative feedback for him. Like, what is this? Yeah. Well, even then we, we specifically said, we're like, this is a sex reveal. We understand that like, you know, again, later on, if she says, Hey, I, I feel like I identify as this gender. We say, okay, whatever. Like I could not care less. Do what you want. So we want to be specific of like, as this baby is born, this is what her, her, her physical sex is. This is what her anatomy is displaying. So that's what we're going to say she is for now. If she decides that she does not identify as that later, A-okay. But even then, that wasn't enough for people. And I feel like the the biggest complaint I got was you shouldn't be talking about your baby's genitals because it's too sexual. Like now we're entering a realm of pedophilia that shouldn't be discussed. So I was no, like, I don't, don't understand. Don't project that. God. Yeah, I was like, what? Yeah. Like, what I, hmm, I feel no like... No one's oh. thinking that but you. Yeah, exactly. Just take I'm a like, moment to pause and reflect on that. Yeah, you're being kind of creepy <laughs> yeah. too. Like, I mean, like any, any baby's going to have some form of genitalia. I feel like we should be able to discuss this and not be weird about it. It felt very similar to like people who yelled at me about... Uh, advertising for the vagina monologues in college and they were like don't swear i'm like is vagina a swear word like are we at that point right now where you can't say penis without being like oh my my virgin ears oh my god really like, don't say it yeah it was weird yeah well you also uh, how do you deal with negative feedback because you're also in a unique position because you're one of the first females we ever put on camera specifically mm-hmm. with our gameplay stuff and that is I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it's notoriously a very difficult place for females to establish themselves yeah, in those in those realms. Not ours <laughs> in particular, but just gameplay in general. No, it's like this, sure. this weird uphill battle. And, you know, Ashley, uh, you know, she came into the pro gaming route and, you know, specifically with the Frag Dolls, um, you know, she had it from – I watched a, um, a Screensavers on Tech TV. It was this old TV show mm. and they were on there. And it was so crazy to hear them talk about the way – like Kevin Pereira and Kevin Rose of Dig, they were talking to – uh, Morgan about the frag dolls and their mission. It was mm. like and they were saying things like, yeah, but you know, girls also do play games and one day, you know, that won't be a big deal to people. And we're, you know, getting our message out there. And it's like, and the, everything Kevin Pereira was asking was like, but do you know, do you like really play games and all this stuff? Really? Like, it was so crazy. Right. It's like this seems like it's from 1955 and it yeah, was like nope. 2008. Here we are for yeah. sure. 
Well, I think even just in my like compared to my child, my childhood to now is like I feel like nerd culture as a whole has become so much more mainstream. Whereas like, I agree with that. I grew up in Dallas and knowing like loving anime and video games, people were like, "Okay, loser, like get out of here, whatever. Have fun at your Acon." It's like, "Okay, bye." But uh, I called the the table that mm-hmm. we would go to. Uh, to discuss video games in middle school, I said we were less popular than the Masturbators Club. Oh, <laughs> it's nice! Like it was just, <laughs> it was like five of us that would go and talk about video games. See, we had the uh, the Yu Gi Oh table where you play the Yu Gi Oh cards in the back of the cafeteria. Brag about yeah. it! Wow, we cool. hang out there. Yeah, but uh, I, that's why I love like meeting people nowadays who are uh, involved in their culture. They say, "Wow, like I feel like this is so much more mainstream, and I'm so much more accepted than I would like would have been." growing up with you which is totally true um so we get the luxury of kind of being a little bit more mainstream and now like you know people get to accept video gaming but it's totally true and ashley has spoken about that before with me um saying as a female in the industry representing video games as a whole it's like you got to know so much more than your male counterparts or be able to back up like any opinion that you have with an, an infinite amount of evidence so that you can be able to say like hey i also am educated on this subject and like by all means, I'm I'm by far not a video like a good video game player at all. But like, it is very difficult to even come in and say, "Hey, I'm an achievement." And they're like, "Okay, cool. Like, well, what do you play? Let's let's go down like the interview slot of like what we have for you." I'm like, "Okay, I just like play, playing video games. Calm down." But there is somewhat of a stigma for women, especially, and I feel like it's it's shitty. But we're we're overcoming it, and we're so close to it. I feel like we're so close to the equality that we want to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like it's so, to watch it take place and you like try to guide people in the right direction, mm-hmm. but you can't really do that. Yeah. You know, it's like with, the, with an audience. I mean, yeah. you could just say certain things. As, well, luckily, I feel like before it was like, no, you're not a part of this. Now it's like, okay, you're a part of it, but but how much of a part of it are you? And you're like, okay, now I can kind of like, you know, dance around your questions a little bit and try and answer as much as I can. So uh, now it feels like a weird interview process. Yeah. You're like, I want the job. Well, let me ask you, answer for you. Here you go. It's like there's a process of like earning it that other people a little bit. Yeah. Don't yeah, have yeah. to go through. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. and we, we, you know, one of my, one of my favorite parts of my job now is uh, developing new talent, like mm-hmm. finding people like one of my favorite experiences uh, in the company. Of course, you know, Gavin and Barbara coming from the community and now becoming, you know, two of the biggest faces in the history of Rooster Teeth. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> and then like I always love the example of Blaine when I walked in and like the, the moment I saw Blaine I'm like who the fuck is this guy like he had a headset he was an intern Same. I still ask that yeah. question and I was like exactly and I was like alright we're gonna put this guy on camera the first day I, I ever saw him I just told him you can't work here on camera. I go, you, you're too good looking to work here. So sorry, you seem I love nice. that idea. You're too good working. They're good looking <laughs> to work here. It's like, what? <laughs> like in production? What are we, chop liver? Yeah, yeah, no, but it's no, but it's it's one of those things where developing talent, you know, mm. develop a lot of male and female talent over the, the course of my career here at Rooster Teeth. And I say it's like, it's, it's super simple to be a woman on camera on mm. the internet. You just have to be funny and pretty and smart and fashionable. And know everything about That's everything. It. Yeah. Uh, perfect shape, perfect hair, yep. right. perfect makeup. Well, we were just not have about- an opinion. That's it. Yeah. That's the formula. Just do all that. You'll be perfectly mm-hmm. fine. Right. So. We were just talking about Jessica Negri specifically about like she gets so much shit for saying like, oh, you, you just have big boobs or you're fancy. Like you're, you're pretty. So you're popular. There you go. I'm like, well, if that were the case, wouldn't there be like a million Jessica Negri's going to conventions with her big boobs and like looking fancy? It's like she's famous because of the work she puts into her cosplay right. and her networking. And I guarantee if you watch a video of her compiling her cosplay, you will absolutely take a second to yourself and go, wow, like I can't do that because she's very talented and she hones in on that. Could you be using your physical traits to like enhance your abilities or like increase networking opportunities? Sure. But at the end of the day, you have to have some talent to back it up. So. Yeah. Well, you know, also it's like – I. I've always hated when people uh, will call out pe- 
other people for doing like sexy photos or something mm-hmm. like that. Just because to me, it's like, yeah, but you're, that's what people are looking at. You know, they're yeah. going out and finding that. It's like, mm-hmm. it's almost like I say for no one ever stops and says to like anybody the achievement hunter first, like, guys, you guys act like you're dumb. Don't act like mm-hmm. you're dumb. You guys are all smart. It's like, what? Dumb's funny, you know. Yeah, it's like the point. guys yeah. will get called out for being dumb or broy oh, yeah. or you know, or like with the cheap manner too. Swearing, like, so many times, yeah, swearing. I'll get Drinking. called out for that. They're like, oh yeah. wow, like way to be ladylike. I'm like, oh, I'm with a guy, bunch of guys that talk about dicks 24 seven, mm-hmm. but the second I mention vagina, it's weird. Like whatever, okay. Like this is just me adding to the content. I feel like we had the same sense of humor, so who cares? Yeah, gender is not really an issue here. It's just the the style of humor really is the, yeah. the most important part. Women also get compared to each other. In any video that they're in together, yes. whereas like no one will be like, "Oh, who's hotter, Bernie or Gus?" Mm-hmm. But like if you have well, two let's, women, let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, Bernie, that's a short discussion. Come Bernie on, Bernie Burns for sure. Yeah. I like that race, please. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, we talked about that before. Where like any video that Barbara and I are in, there's always like people going like, "Oh, who's hotter, Barbara or Lindsay?" I'm like, okay, for us. We don't give a shit, one, like Barbara and I are here to work and try and like work whatever connection we have because we're trying to be professional about this. And two, there's really no benefit to us trying to like antagonize each other or become this competition. It's like we're only benefiting from each other being successful. So why on earth would we turn it into this weird competition that we have? It's like, yeah, or else he comments like clearly so-and-so doesn't like so-and-so. It's like, no, that's just what you're trying to make up in your head. You want there to be competition? Like, no. It's just like the weirdest thing. Like, but let me let me challenge you guys on this. Have you not seen experienced where there are women that will cut down other women mainly Absolutely. because those spots are more limited? Oh, at absolutely. least the perception that they're more limited. Well, I think that's also somewhat of like they're trained, and I hate to say it, but like there is a way the society kind of trains them to do that of saying right like, the perception that's limited opportunity. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you have to prove that you are the most attractive female. You are the one that they want. That is why, and especially again with like a lot of male audience members, they're saying, okay, who's the best female of achievement or rooster teeth? It's like. Again, who gives a shit? There's so many different people. Like, Barbara's not the same as me at all. Or, like, Ashley, same thing. Very, very different people. So why do we have to keep comparing each other? It'd be very boring if there were only one woman here at Rooster Teeth. Yeah. Be weird to start always open if I wanted to hide the other women at the company away. Yeah, get out of here. Let me not feature all the the amazing, funny, (laughs) talented women at this company. Yeah, it's funny, too, because even if you look at, like, Reddit, there's, like... The subreddits that don't talk about rooster teeth, if there's a subject talked about or in other subreddits about rooster teeth personalities, it's typically about the women. I mean, Mm -hmm. even our female personalities have their own subreddits. There's several of them, and none of our male personalities have have that at all. You know, I'm former personalities like Ray, but, Mm -hmm. you know. (laughs) <laughs> That's like Ray formerly I, uh, had a personality. Yeah, I frequent the Chris <laughs> Tamara <laughs> subreddit personally. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Arps? I said I frequent the Chris Tamara subreddit. Oh, nice. Is there one? Nah, probably not. I just, I was trying to We're think We're talking of. about Chris's baby face, right? That he's like, he's tapped into the, like the genetic lotto win. I have no idea how old he is. Yeah, he looks like he's he could easily be like 15 or 40. It really yeah. doesn't it doesn't yeah, matter. And when he opens his mouth it doesn't <laughs> <You're> help. Like, <laughs> <laughs> really. It's he's not like you're going to figure it out that what way. What was it the uh, the Martin Freeman effect? It's like, okay, you got this youthful glow but you're older. So what's happening here? Yep. Hmm. No idea. Yeah. He's the most uh what's the word? Where you just can't place an age on him. Yeah. What's well, just like Timeless. Michael too. At our wedding, our DJ was like, so how old is your husband? I'm like, he's older than me. He's like, oh, I thought he was like 20. I'm like, no, I'm not not dating a 20-year-old. Thank you, though. <laughs> hey, can I clarify something about your wedding? Yes. Here. No, what's up? Now, now I got to know. What's up? So there's an RTAA mm-hmm. where I was trying to convince Monty... Not to cut my cake. Oh yeah, I was trying to convince him to cut your cake. Oh, you like, were, yeah, you're trying to do it. make him do it because I right, thought yeah. if anybody would not know what a breach of etiquette that would be, it would be me. Well, because he thought it would you be okay. You do know I would never have let him cut. I was the cake. gonna say I watched that and I was like, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Monty no. was 
you guys were outside taking pictures, which is always this lull in a wedding ceremony between the actual ceremony, mm-hmm. the br- the wedding party goes outside to uh, take photos, and that takes a while. So all the guests are just milling around, usually yeah. drinking or whatever. Mm. But you know, Monty was done with hors d'oeuvres. He's like, I'm still hungry. I'm like, well, there's some cake right over there. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, oh, he goes, he goes. <laughs> He goes, can we have that cake? I go, I go, well, that's what it's there for. Okay. I go, I go, just cut yourself off a piece. He goes, okay. And he like started walking. And his, his wife, Sheena, was like, what's wrong? <laughs> like, no. Like, just, like, she points at me like I'm a bad influence. Totally missed yeah. that happening. Like, like traditionally, yes. I would have been like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I would have never have like, You know I wouldn't Monty, let him do it, though, right? Like, I guess yeah. I would have been like, it's fucking Monty. But like, you, you sure. know that if Sheena hadn't stopped him, I he, I would oh, not yes. have let him cut yes. the cake. Yeah. Okay. You're you guys would have come back too. in. He's just there with his plate. Well, motherfucker. <laughs> I will admit, though, that I did text Gavin in the middle of the ceremony, like, hey, turn off your phone. That's great. When I texted him. I appreciate that. But he had <laughs> turned it all the way off already. Good. So he never even Good. got it till later. So. Again, if Monty took a piece of the cake, I would have been like, fucking Monty, doing what he does. I'm sure. <laughs> On with the ceremony. Monty does whatever he wants. No. He did whatever he wanted. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely did. And it's funny because we were just, uh, we were just talking uh, the other day about, um, I had to do an interview. We we're talking about the first time we ever heard about the show Ruby mm-hmm. and I was, I was I'll, I'll let for the interview to come out to, you know, tell the story for me, but it was interesting because I was thinking about that. Um, you know, when Monty was first and everybody had a different point at which they heard it. What was the first time you guys heard about Ruby? What about you, Lindsay? What about, I mean, we talked about it before, but it's like literally the first time Monty came up to us and said, I had this idea for a show called Ruby. And we went, all right, what is that? He was like, I want Little Red Riding Hood and Beauty and the Beast and Goldilocks and Snow White to hang out with each other. And I was mm-hmm. like, cool. What does that mean? And then Monty just spewed for like hours yeah. about everything he'd planned for the show, like seasons upon seasons yep. and what he wants his character to do. I'm like, oh, my God, you thought so like in depth about this. Like, let's actually make the show first. Let's make sure this happens. But yeah, again, like yeah. we talked about that before, like Monty. Oh, how many, I had a million conversations like that, which yeah. is like, so well, in season seven, it's like season one. Let's mm-hmm. work, work on season yeah. one. Let's get He's through season the keeper one. of the Bible of the whole show. He yeah. knew everything he wanted to happen. Thank God he talked about yeah. it. So much. For yeah, me, right? it was I was there late at night one day. And uh, I was at my desk and he came over and, and he just looks at me and he goes, how do you feel about playing Goldilocks? And I'm like, in what? Like, who, who is this? What are you talking about? He's like, I want to make like a badass Goldilocks and I want you to play her. And I'm like, cool. I Whatever you want me to do, Monty. Well, the crazy thing was, too, is like we talked so much about the characters and everything that when it came time to do casting, we ended up casting all internally. Mm-hmm. And I had... Lindsay, no idea that you had the talent that you have as oh. a voice actress. Thanks, yeah. And when it's like when I first heard the Ruby voice, I'm like, who is this? It's like I didn't know who we got to do it. And w- can you talk a little bit about your process for the doing the voice for Ruby? Sure. Uh, I mean, I loved anime since seventh grade. I'm still a huge anime fan. So I grew up like 10 minutes away from Funimation and I thought, wow, that'd be awesome to do voiceover, but I never thought it would happen. I'm like, that's a pipe dream that's, you know, non-existent. Don't even think about it. Just apply for a job like normal. So I applied for Rooster Teeth. Um, Again, just normal way. Like, hey, I heard you have an opening. Thanks, guys. I'll intern my way up. Um, so then Monty approached us about Ruby and I said, wow, that's You didn't all. sound anything like that. Oh, yeah. No, no. I was like, hey, I have some eggs. Um, <laughs> enjoy <Hey> this, buddy. <laughs> uh but yeah, uh, Monty said, I want to I want to make an anime. And I went, wow, that's awesome. Like, you know, we're huge anime fans. I never thought that that would actually be a thing. And uh, your fan base never really had anime involved before. So we thought, OK, maybe the fan base might not like it or like, you know, Eastern audiences might go like, fuck you, America, for mm. making an anime inspired show. Definitely You're not concerned. one of us. Yeah. yeah. 
So I was like, okay, that sounds awesome, but I, I don't know if it's going to be successful. And then, you know, here we are so many years later and we have this huge following in Japan. Like we're doing a dub and everything. Like it, it's nuts. But uh, before it was just like, again, like a huge, huge pipe dream that I never thought would happen. And as far as voice acting goes, it's just uh, I, I was doing impressions of other characters and trying to work with what would work well. And I threw it out there and I said, I hope they like it. And then we did the table read and it sounds like you guys enjoyed the sound of the characters. So that was all yeah. I could have hoped for. Yeah, it was incredible. And uh, the um, the the show when we first made it, it was probably I think at that time it was the second most expensive production. Mm -hmm. Uh, that we'd ever produced. This one I own the company, so it was like investing yeah. all this money into it. Well, there were only to like four animators at that point. One of them was Monty, who was the main guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, Monty Monty did, you know, so much heavy lifting, especially on like all the trailers that we did, mm -hmm. all, all the individual shorts. And um, you know, it, it was it was a it was a huge investment, total belief in Monty and what he wanted to do and the team that he was building. And the people won't remember this, but the first season, not that well received. Like, nope. and yeah. also it was like people for a long time, and I'm glad, I'm almost hesitant to bring it up because I'm glad I never read it anymore. But there was a debate over whether or not Ruby could be considered an anime, and mm -hmm. it was not an anime. Oh, yeah. There was a huge thing on Reddit. It was banned from oh, yeah. Ruby discussion. On yeah. the top of the anime subreddit, there was a giant thing in big bold letters that said, Ruby is not an anime. We will not discuss Ruby here. Any posts involving Ruby will, will be deleted. And yeah. We're like, all right, like I guess now we're starting controversy. That's cool. Like, you know, we're getting our name in there, kind of fucking shit up. Like, we'll see what happens. And then we get imported in Japan, get a new, uh, we go the yeah. opposite route, get a full Japanese voice cast mm -hmm. dubbing over it. Yeah, some A list voice actors from Japan who've been in, like, again, many, many anime titles that I've watched since I was a kid. And was Freak like, out a little bit? A little bit. We yeah. talked about that the day of where they sent us the, the voice cast. For Japan. Yeah, yeah, I was going crazy with all those <laughs> anime voice actors that I know all of their names and work that they've done. Yes. There were a few times where we're like, Barbara, this is so-and-so. And you're like, that's good, right? We're like, yeah, yeah, that's good. You know? yes. Like, I know that the, I, all I know is that the girl who plays Yang was the main character in Kill a Kill. Mm -hmm. um, and that is apparently a very big show huge, and a huge deal. Huge. Yeah. Everyone we have voice actors for, as well. for Ruby in Japan is like, again, A-list, top-of-the-line voice actor. So to hear that we were being dubbed by people like that, again, is like, holy shit, that's so surreal as an anime fan. And, and I wonder, too, if, like, there'll be people who watch it in Japan and it's like, you know, here, in the otaku culture, you watch it. If you, you watch it in Japanese with English subtitles, that's oh, yeah. the way you're supposed to watch there you it. Go. There's the I wonder if there's people here who will watch it in oh, English so with cool. Japanese subtitles. Like, oh, yeah. if that'll be, like, the purest way to watch well, the I show. Well, I saw fans that were saying, like, oh, I can finally watch it now. This is in Japanese. I'm like, but that's so interesting because there is that that stigma of, like, sub versus dubbed yeah. in anime. Of, like, oh, no, subbed is better because it's Japanese. But I'm like, well, I think you only feel that way because you don't understand the language. So to you, that sounds like the perfect performance. But the English actor could be perfectly replicating what the Japanese voice actor, voice actor is doing. It's just you think English is bad for some odd reason. And now we're on the opposite end of the coin where like uh they talked about doing a chinese dub they said okay would china be interested in doing a dub uh in chinese and they said no we want the english voice actors because they prefer that over chinese i'm like oh it's so interesting that that's like it kind of happens world around i guess yeah yeah every, every time, you know we were talking before this that most of the or a lot of the traditional american superheroes are now played by british actors yeah because yeah. tom holland good looking fellow tom holland yeah, he. Uh, Glad you're a fan too. Brit British kid, oh. you know, Chris Hemsworth. I guess Thor's not. You mean makes sense because Thor's not <laughs> yeah. necessarily American. But He's it's crazy. Yeah. It, <laughs> it is crazy though. I guess even Nordic person being played by an Australian. But yeah, it's crazy. Like how many British actors play American superheroes? <laughs> but most people don't know that they're British. Nope. In any way. Well, covering well, like a. 
I mean, I don't know the actor's name, but um, Carl from Walking Dead. Or not Carl, uh, his father, Rick. is also Rick. British, yeah? His, or uh, Welsh, one of them. Yeah, I'm trying to think of his name, and I can't think of his name. Yeah, also, again, like fantastic Southern, Andrew Southern drawl, I guess. Patrick, really who's the it. guy who plays Rick on Walking Dead, anybody? Andrew what? Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln. Lincoln. Thanks for nothing, fuckers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ellie and, had it. it was yeah, he was in like Love Actually. He's the dude holding the cards at the end of a Love That's Actually. Right. That is him. That's Rick. No shit. And then yeah, he's got I his like other thing. So Ellie, I have, I have a question for you if you want yeah. to jump in here. Is I have a theory right. that the reason why British actors can play an American accent and it's totally believable yeah. is because Britain probably has the highest concentration of accents in the smallest area possible. So like like your accent we do. is what? We have the most regional accents, I think, of any country. Like, what's your what's your accent? Mine would just be RP Southern. What's RP mean? I think it means Role royal, play? royal pronunciation. Royal pronunciation. <laughs> royal I think that's pronunciation. what it actually means, or something like that. That's just what just to say, like a blanket normal accent. Okay. Again, going back to like American stere American stereotypes, is you sound like Julie Andrews to me. Oh, and that's it. Like so straight much. up. <laughs> right. Your so. your accent's similar to Riot's a little bit. She's South, like more South London, I think. More, there you go. See, she's more South London. <laughs> it's just like, there's London, there's South London, there's Manchester. <laughs> well, I actually grew up in Kent, where most people do not speak like me. Hmm. How do they speak? It, that's like, so apparently, Chatham in Kent is, is where, like, the term chav originated. Oh, really? Oh, chav, so yes. you get the, like, all right, mate, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Sweatsuits. Yeah. Yeah. So, Goodness. see, that's the thing, is that I think because people grow up in the UK... They immediately, or they grow up with this inherent ability to imitate other English accents that doing an American is, they already have so much practice doing other accents that it's more believable. Whereas Americans, we don't have that. We basically have Southern and then the rest of America. Maybe yeah. New York. I mean, Northeast, Jersey. The most different, yeah. yeah. Boston, New Jersey, and New York. But I can't, they all sound the same to me. So Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> was terrible for Doctor Strange. Hmm. He's like, what have you done to my hands? <laughs> Penguin. Penguin. <laughs> Do you have influence from other countries too? Because Riot was saying she has family members from Germany and they influence her accent too. So really? I know the same. Yeah. No, but I'm, I definitely am like, a, I'm a parrot. If I go to another English speaking country, I, I very quickly find myself changing the way I speak. And I like, find I change see, the yeah. cadence. Yeah. Like I match the cadence of whatever. Like yeah, Ireland. As, as a theater student too. Yeah. yeah uh, so theater has ruined yeah. me. If I talk to anyone with an accent, I start to emulate it, and I'm like, I'm not making fun of you. I'm so sorry. This yeah. is just natural. It's going to happen. So I apologize, Ellie, if mm -hmm. I talk to you like a I British think person. It's, some people do that out of like a courtesy that they don't realize that they're doing. Like, yeah. It's to make other people feel more comfortable mm -hmm. by emulating the way they speak. Well, that's how yeah. we all learn to speak. Yeah. Is by just emulating Copying. what we hear, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, why, that's why accents get passed on, right? The worst for me is when I talk to females who are very hyper and energetic. They're like, oh my God, I'm so excited to see you. I'm like, wow, yeah. Oh my God, we're <laughs> yeah. here right now. We're in front of each other. Wow. Okay. So I, so I have a thing. I think I've talked about the podcast before, but I have a thing where my Southern accent, I lived in Texas now for most of my life, well over most of my life. And the only time I have a Southern accent is when I'm in surrounded by other like good old boys, basically. Mm -hmm. So when I worked in the telecom industry, happened all the time. Or very specifically, if I ever go to buy a car, I have a Southern accent. Mm -hmm. And Ashley pointed that out to me, and I'm like, yeah, I, I this always happens. Do you think to it's me. more intimidating? Them good old no, boys. No, it's more friendly. It's more like kind of just like 
part of the group. I can know? feel you, especially as a female going to a repair shop where you're like, okay, I kind of like have to make sure that instantly people know that I know what I'm talking about. So I'm like, all right, look, here's my Ford Edge. I got this over here. It was a 2011. It's a, it's a silver. It's over here. And they're like, okay, that's great. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. It breaks down the barrier of like, okay, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like weird sexism for me. I'm yeah. fixing to buy a car. It's, yeah, exactly. It's funny because uh, Robbie Kay, who plays uh, the main character in Bloodfest, is British. Yeah. But he's playing an American kid. What kind of British? Uh, Southampton? Uh, what flavor? What flavor? <laughs> I don't know. He kind of sounds like you. Yeah. Yeah. Just regular Southern. Regular. But see, it's one of those things Northern. like because you probably met a lot of people with those accents. Like, yeah, we have the Jersey accent. We have the Boston accent here for regional dialects. But growing up as a kid in Texas, I didn't run into people from Boston. It's like half a world away. You know, this country's yeah. so big. But this is all like just the UK. There are towns in Yorkshire that are next to each other that have different accents. Really? Wow. What's wrong with you? What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That would have blown my happened. mind. Again, I talk to Mike all the time about like, I do an accent. He's like, that's New York. Okay, calm down, honey. I'm like, it's all the same to me. It's the same shit. I'm like, I don't know. You hold your eyes a little bit. You don't say your R's. That's like in Northeast for me. So I don't know if mm -hmm. it's the same for you or there's like specific things you can point out. They're like, that's what we do that's different than everybody else. It's true. But oh, people yeah. in New York can do Jersey accents and they can do like Brooklyn and stuff mm -hmm. like that it's if they understand because they're all right there around each yep. other you yeah. know for us it's like yeah like the the main difference between southern and and northern english is just how you do your, your vowels so that's like the your north your john snow and all that john yeah. snow <laughs> yeah gavin snow. makes fun of my r's was it when gavin does his american accent it's very heavy r he's like the fire brush is over there <laughs> water like, water <laughs> yeah exactly i have to do that now at restaurants if i'm like excuse me can i get a water people are like what and no i'm just like can i get a water like water. <laughs> i have to do it i do just, the same thing it's yeah. so weird yeah, yeah. you gotta I'm say like, like you're, you're really water? lazy water? and they're like what and i'm like Ugh, water yeah <laughs> say you. like you're really lazy and you're too good to be here right now hi can i have some water water yeah. thank you i okay. like really parched <laughs> or just i hear people are rude to waiters and waitresses when it's just like they just look at them they go water yeah and that's it like, dude you've asked me before this show you're like what's something that would piss you off that we could talk about i'm like that specifically is something that pisses me off is people being rude to wait staff and i've seen that before where they're like i want this no thank you no please no nothing i'm like motherfucker this person's been waiting on you all night you say thank you or something i got a lot of all thoughts right. on this let's uh, let's like, save that for the post show we're about yeah, to wrap like, up here let's definitely that'll be our topic for the post show we'll be talking who? about rudeness in public especially with waiters and waitresses yes. you two one last question though on accents before we wrap it up for tonight uh what's Canadian up anime in english is there any words that you have changed your pronunciation of because you're just sick of being called out on it yes aluminum many things um against yeah what do you, uh, how adult? Do you how? i used to say against against oh. yeah and uh tuesday hmm. i used to say tuesday. tuesday do you still tuesday. say adult uh i do say adult nice that's I something that i get now adult yeah I, so yeah. now i say adult yeah um i say tuesday and i say against hmm. i say youtube and the other day my sister was like no youtube oh. see i like the british uh, youtube 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 happens in yeah. tuesday now yeah. I'm just like, oh, I work for a YouTube company because it's just easier. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> work for the internet. Uh, wait, RP means received pronunciation. There you go. Received mm. pronunciation? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Nice. So the uh, the um, schedule, though, you're sticking with schedule. I we talk about schedule. schedules schedule a lot. Schedule school. And yeah. sounds cooler. Um, diary instead of calendar. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Actually keeps my diary. It's just <laughs> See, like, that just sounds too personal. Today I talked to a boy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he was nice to me. Put was that full frontal diary. snogging? What's the book? I can't remember. Um, it's like Agnes something and full frontal snogging. Oh, yeah. um, I, 
song, songs in full yes, frontal smoking. Yeah. Yeah, Just like that. I kissed a boy. It was great. That's Bernie's diary. <laughs> that is. She got it. That's all the entries that so she makes for he me. He tried to get into my twat and I said no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, Lindsay, it was cool to hang out with you Thank for an you. hour. Thanks for coming out. No Thanks, everybody, for joining us for the special Thursday Thanks podcast brought to you by the Rooster Tea Store. Check out the Rooster Tea Store, everybody. If you yeah. uh, like our work and want to support it, that is probably the best way to do that. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. And stick around if you're a first member for the post show. Bye. Uh, we don't.